Hello, wonderful people of the internet. I'm Ben Barrick, and welcome to the first ever episode of Against All Odds, a podcast series dedicated to discussing crazy military victories that were won against all odds. Now, the battle we'll be discussing today is the capture of Belgrade in April of 1941. When Germany's forces encountered the Balkan Mountains in early spring of 1941, they were met with armed resistance, difficult terrain, and terrible weather. Italian dictator Benito Mussolini had sent a half a million soldiers into the Balkan mountain range and lost 63,000 of them in six months of fighting. The high elevation and heavy snow hindered German convoys and vehicles. The fighting in the Balkans was intense and unlike anything the Wehrmacht had ever faced. The mountainous terrain, snowy weather, and guerrilla fighting was all new to Germany's armed forces. Germany had expected Greece to capitulate to its demands, placing the many... Grecian ports and airfields, as well as the capital city of Athens in German control. In Germany's path was the country of Yugoslavia, which was largely sympathetic to the British cause. Belgrade, the Yugoslavian capital, was the most important objective. The German higher-ups planned a two-week-long bombardment campaign and set, af- and set aside five infantry divisions to occupy the city once it was captured. Belgrade did, in fact, suffer through three days of artillery attacks and aerial bombardments, which softened, the city, which softened the city up a bit, but Belgrade was captured much sooner than expected and under most, under most unusual circumstances. The highly unorthodox attack was carried out by a small squadron of soldiers, led by a man who was not afraid to take initiative and seize opportunity when it was pre- presented to him. The man behind this assault was 26-year-old Waffen-SS Captain Fritz Klingenberg. Klingenberg had a, re- Klingenberg had a reputation as a maverick, and his com- company commander was quoted as saying, Klingenberg is intelligent, yet headstrong, loyal, yet not above correcting his superiors, brilliant under pressure, yet arrogant to the point of insubordination. Klingenberg's service record was extremely impressive. For his efforts fighting in the invasion of France, he was awarded the Iron Cross Second Class. His entire platoon was pinned down by French machine gun fire when the Panzerkampfwagen light tank that was supporting them struck a mine and burst into flames. While Klingenberg's men rescued the tank crew, Klingenberg himself sprinted over 100 meters to the French position, took it out with grenades, and escaped entirely unscathed. Klingenberg also had an impressive history with artillery leadership. Once, during a French campaign, he called, a deadly eight, eight, he called in a deadly 88mm strike on his own position in order to thwart a French attack. This allowed a whole column of Germans to push forward. On April 11th of 1941, the main occupying force meant for Belgrade was delayed. Klingenberg's mission was to conduct reconnaissance near Belgrade, make a note of any obstacles the main, ar- the main army might face, hold bridges and roads, and wait for reinforcements. Klingenberg, however, seeing that the city was disorganized due to bombings and artillery b- bombardments, decided Belgrade was ripe for the taking. Klingenberg's men found an abandoned motorboat on the banks of the Danube, a, si- a river that ran by Belgrade. He took five privates and a sergeant and navigated the river, reaching the far side. From there, he captured 20 Yugoslavian soldiers who were manning military buses and used them to get past several military checkpoints, capturing all the guards he encountered. He used a German man who was trapped in the city as an interpreter, and the grateful man was happy to play along. The city's security was lax, for they were anticipating a long, drawn-out siege rather than a quick attack. Klinkenberg's men eventually got involved in a two-hour firefight before driving their vehicles full of captured soldiers directly into the town square. Klingenberg raised the German flag in place of the Yugoslavian one and instructed his men to patrol the city, giving the civilians the impression that they were already conquered. 
When the mayor of Belgrade met with Klingenberg, he was angry, if not a bit confused. Klingenberg explained that he was part of a team sent ahead of the main force to occupy the city. He gave the mayor an ultimatum. Surrender Belgrade now, or the entire city will be bombed and shelled to the ground. Of course, this was an empty notion, but at this point, German reconnaissance planes happened to fly overhead. The mayor formally surrendered the city. During this ruse, Klingenberg fooled all of Belgrade into giving up all resistance, and in return, he allowed the civilians to continue about their business as usual. Klingenberg collected all of the weapons from the city's police and militia and imposed a curfew. Other than that, the city was left alone, which caused many of the citizens to become, to become sympathetic to the German cause. Klingenberg and his men were provided housing in Belgrade's finest hotel, using a broken radio to quote-unquote communicate with their superiors and inform them of the city's surrender. The city guards had no idea, of course, that the larger army was at least two days away. Finally, on the night of April 13th, the major German force arrived. Imagine how surprised they were when instead of fierce resistance, they were met with open arms and invited into the city. Klingenberg's commander was livid until he realized why his underling had mysteriously gone AWOL. Klingenberg was awarded the Knight's Cross and became a legend in Waffen-SS circles. He died in 1945 attempting to stop the Allied advance into Europe. This story is an example of the power of intelligence, subterfuge, and cunning in warfare. I feel like the sentiment is best summed up in this quote from Sun Tzu. All warfare is based on deception. Hence, when we are able to attack, we must seem unable. When using our forces, we must appear inactive. When we are near, we must make the enemy believe we are far away. When far away, we must make him believe we are near. End quote. Thank you for listening to the first ever episode of Against All Odds, a podcast dedicated to discussing military battles that were won against all odds. Please tune in next time. This is Ben Barrick, over and out.